This is the Dan and Aaron like Orama. Music! La 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 That was gorgeous. Do you know what that was? No, I don't. What was that? That was a part that was the acapella part of the song by the Who called Dogs. Well, that works out quite well for our conversation topic then. It's about a couple who uh, met at the dog races and they go and bet on dogs together. And and, uh, the chorus is, there was nothing in my life bigger than beer, except in you. Little darling, except in you, little darling. Anyway, <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, dogs. M- much, dogs. much more, uh, m- much more interesting and and uh, filled out lyrics than, um, dang, dang, dang. <laughs> oh, dang. that's a classic. I love. No, I know, I know. I'm being. I'm. I'm. Tommy's being, parents. Yeah, a quick I'm one while he's stupid. away. Yes. Another great dog song. Two other great dog songs uh, from Sesame Street. Has anybody seen my dog? Yes. yes. The Mr. Blue, I guess. And um, from the monkeys. I'm gonna buy me a dog. Because oh, yeah. I need a friend now. Yeah, yeah. Boop, boop, shabop, bop, lama, lama. <laughs> That was beautiful. I love that. Boop boop shabamalama. Boop boop. Now you shabam, got me stuck bop, thinking lamalama. about. I know any songs where the song is about a dog, and the only one that I can think of is Sublime. Yeah, I like, I love my dog, but how yeah, much I'm, is I mean, that doggy kinda, in the window? Well, I, yeah, yeah. Um, then of course there's the all those great songs about up dog. What's up, dog? Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. I, I had to try. So, yeah, today uh, we're going to talk about. Oh, uh, you mean like. My dog. Up doggy dog. Up dog. Up dog. Um, yeah, I'm just going to leave it hanging because it's just not worth it. Um, okay. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about. Okay, um, Aaron. We raggy. Um. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, um, my dog, who is a, a giant monster. Um, Hooray! Yeah, it's Cincinnati. It's true. It's it's uh, it's like having Clifford the big friendly dog. It really is. Um, <laughs> it, it. I mean, <laughs> there's no BS there. Um, so I have a um, Anatolian Shepherd uh, whose name is Magnus. Um, his full AKC name is Autobot Ultra Magnus because I'm a nerd. Um, <laughs> and uh, he is an Anatolian shepherd. Um, he is a he is a part of a breed of shepherd dogs um, which are referred to as livestock guardian dogs. And so we're going to talk about livestock guardian dogs today and then we are going to then uh, kind of uh 
dive down into Anatolian Shepherds in particular. Um, the biggest reason that I decided to do this was just because um, we were hanging out outside in the backyard this afternoon and we were playing with our girls and playing with the dogs and um, they're working on the house next door and um, Magnus uh, noticed that there was movement in, in the yard across from us and uh, for, for context, if you haven't seen these dogs, uh, Google Anatolian Shepherd and then scroll through the image search until you find the images of Anatolian Shepherds hanging out with human beings. <laughs> they are huge. Yeah. Um, Magnus himself is over 150 pounds. Um, he is the size of, if, if you think of a foal or, or uh, you know, a baby horse uh, or, or just a fully grown sheep, that's how big he is. He is a huge dog. Um, and we'll get into this further, but the the whole design and, and body shape of the dogs has been bred so that from the chest all the way up through the elongated neck to the head is just this huge echo chamber so that when they when they uh, bray to let, you know, everyone around know that, hey, I see you, um, you can hear it for miles. So... I'm, I'm, I'm petting Magnus and he's cuddled up next to me and he's just, you know, he's, he's doing, you know, uh, uh, imagine Chewbacca after he's done well in, in the, uh, uh, a new hope. And, um, yeah, exactly. And, um, Magnus saw these, these folks, you know, just working on the house and, and the whole body, he stood up, the whole body locked and all of a sudden, and it, it fills <laughs> It fills our yard. It fills the neighbor's <laughs> yard. It, it fills the whole neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. That's and, funny. Uh, like, you know, I've met Magnus. He's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, I think I've met Magnus. How long has it been since I've been there? All this, you, you were up there a while back. Um, all this you've COVID met, stuff. Oh, yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's gotten a lot in the way. Now, you've met Magnus's predecessor, who was a... Uh, a mutt that had Anatolian Shepherd in him. That's what Brody. I'm thinking of. I'm thinking yes, of Brody. So Brody, though... That's right, because Magnus Bro is still a young guy. Yeah, Magnus is, is uh, just about three years old now. Brody Brody was Magnus's predecessor, and Brody was um, my wife Amanda's um, dog all through college. And Brody was the reason that we ended up essentially falling in love with the Anatolian Shepherd breed was because um, we uh, we went we never got him DNA tested. I kind of you know kicked myself for that to this day. But at, at a certain point, we really didn't have to because we went to um, an AKC show. It wasn't like the AKC show, but it was it was a dog show that was going on up in the Virginia mountains, right. and I remember being there and and we were there to check out pomeranians at the time which are you know the, basically the the tribbles from star trek with noses and, and yeah. little pointy ears um yeah exactly Fump. and um <laughs> I, we I, I was uh i i wanted to look at some of the other dog breeds so i kind of walked around the show and there was this moment where they were bringing the livestock guardian dog breeds onto the display space to show them off where it was like the way the light caught these dogs 
and the way the sun was coming over the Virginia mountains in the evening, and it was like just before the sun set, I swear these dogs looked like they were walking up to Pride Rock to announce the arrival of Simba. It was <laughs> like, it, and it was, that was it. And it was like, I looked at them. And I, yeah, 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 exactly. You know, and I could hear, I could hear the, uh, the Elton John music playing in the background, you know, the circle of life. And it was like, okay, that's what Brody is because he had all the signature features and everything like that. Um, and I just, I remember kind of tugging on Amanda's shirt, like a little kid being like, that's, I want one of those, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, Magnus, uh, like Brody before him is an Anatolian shepherd. Um, Magnus is purebred. We, we went the extra mile. Um, his role, uh, We've kind of we we've absolutely domesticated him in terms of uh, what his role and his responsibility is. But but in the generic, he still fulfills the same role that uh, livestock guardian dogs in general do um, in in the scenarios that they were bred for, which is kind of given away by the the breed name, the LGD. Um, the, simply put, what you do as a farmer if you want to keep your flock protected mm -hmm. is you either build ridiculous fences and you build trail cams and you shoot the predators or you build electric fences that you know mostly do their job pretty okay um and then you get a handful of lgds and you raise the lgds with the flock from the first time that you introduce the flock to like a new field or a new stretch of land and hmm. the livestock guardian dogs imprint on and bond with the flock and then they just become part of that flock they become part of the pack and so wherever the pile of sheep go or wherever the herd of cows go or wherever the goats go the Anatolian shepherds and and the Great Pyrenees or the and the Kangles uh, just go with them, uh, and it, it allows it, it it in the past um, and and to this day allowed folks to use these dogs as they're a combination of herding dogs and guardian dogs, um, and the thing that's really cool about LGDs is because of their size and because of the sound of their bark, they are, they are able to um, basically, f like physically due to the size and due to the sound, intimidate away pretty much any predator that would, um, you know, set its eyes on, you know, taking down a sheep and, and taking it away. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the really fascinating things, and we'll get into this later because I, um, Amanda yeah, and I, mean, I are I guess, trading links. I guess like bears don't go after sheep that much, or like no, no. <laughs> but there the are lions and tigers are usually in different habitats than sheep. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, I'm trying right. to think like what could carry off a sheep? Puma. So that's not okay. like a Pumas, wolf or something. Right. Something Pumas, manageable. wolves, coyotes. Yeah. Um, boars and bears, basically. Um, 
and and the LGDs, the, the whole thing with the LGDs is that their mere physical presence combined with the sound of that bark is usually enough to get a predator to go, oh, oh okay, uh, yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> today's not that day, you know? What the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly, right, right. Um, and this is the bit that I'm going to go into later on in the podcast, is that um, one of the things that there's this pile of articles that are out on the internet about how the, the thing that's really cool about the effective use of LGDs in um, protecting species and in some cases protecting endangered species is that it has resulted in humans doing conservation or humans doing farming being able to strike that nice um, non-destructive balance with the nature around them where it's oh, like the yeah. mere presence of the LGDs scares off the predators but does not kill the predators right, right so right. the rest of the nature balance around or adjacent to the conservation area or around the farming land maintains its balance you know the simple that's presence smart. of the lgd makes sure that that balance remains so yeah that's that's something really cool and we'll go into that in a little bit further um so the the thing that i really 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 love is that the livestock guardian dogs is a breed uh, or as a a uh, amalgam a series of breeds um, has been around uh, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. They are one of the earliest styles of domesticated dogs. Um, really? Yeah, it's huh. it's interesting because although oh, I the guess that wiki, makes sense. Yeah, the, if you're the, going so, from like wolves to generic dog. I mean, right. thousands of years ago, like shepherd was one of the only jobs. Yeah, yeah. If I mean, if you yeah, kind of think sense. about, yeah, if you kind of think about, uh, okay, you're going to be my friend, and I'll feed you, Mister Wolf. You know, <laughs> to the next likely evolution is okay. Come with me, Mister Wolf. To okay, Mister Wolf, uh, you're my buddy, but those are babies. Don't eat those babies, and those are my cows. Don't eat my cows. You know, those are pretty yeah. easy things to domesticate or to imprint into a dog. And then you get the consecutive generations of dogs that get good at it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's something that I think is really, really, really neat about LGDs. Um, and it's one of the one of the links that I threw up in my you know rough present uh, preparation for this this episode is the the Jane dogs link, uh, which is the early livestock guardian dogs. And the reason that I really like it is um, it's got the image, it's got this Turkish cave drawing from 6000 BC where the dogs are drawn to be like basically roughly half the size of the cow that is being attacked. And this is all like uh, cave paintings, right? So this is like, you know, ink on, on cave walls but they still they captured the signature curl tail, the signature like long flat top of the body and the long legs. Um, there's that, and then um, I'm trying to find the other link. Oh, Is that Amanda neat. sent it to me? It's it's the dog kangle link, um, and and Dan and I'll include these in in the in the uh, the episode. I but mean, if you can teach kangle... your dog to do kangles, that's really impressive. <laughs> Arr, 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 arr. While yeah, they're yeah. out there guarding the sheep, 
right right yeah right. look scared. at that i just pulled up the the turkish cave drawing yeah they definitely the curled up tails just like you yeah. said that's my like my dog is a mutt but she right. definitely shepherds us around yeah the house then, and she has that curled up tail just like in that picture yep yeah click click on the dog kangle one as well that other link and um you'll see there's there's a dog that's half the size of the person with the signature curled tail and the deep chest and that dates back to um and there's then there's another one where it's um a sultan uh using them in battle and those date back to i i think let's hear where did where do they have that from that's 11th century hmm. um so they've been around a bit <laughs> yeah and and so i think that's so cool because um every once in a while I'm, I'm on two or three lgd facebook groups just because i i i stay on the groups and i keep my ear to the ground to learn about how people take care of the dog because they're huge dogs so they basically wow. have human size physical muscle problems so you can't just feed them like puppy chow and call it a day so like i chop up <laughs> apples for him um and all you know dice in a little bit of raw meat for him and stuff like that yeah uh, just so that he's he's he has to have as much of a dog diet as he has a human diet um but uh yeah so very very old breed um you know around for uh thousands of years um still used today um the, the general idea is that um, in 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 uh, in Turkey and, and particularly Anatolia, which is you know where they come from, um, there's also the Great Pyrenees dogs and the Kangles. Uh, this area, basically um, uh, Assyria, Turkey, Hungary uh, regions, um, they would they would raise the dogs with the sheep or raise the dogs with the cows, the dogs would imprint and then they would follow that pack. And the cool thing about it was that that meant that you didn't really need fences, you know? Yeah. You could just escort this herd, you know, okay, well, we, we ate all the grass here. Okay, well, follow me. I'm 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 the human shepherd. I'm going to walk this way. Boys, dogs, come on, you know. Right, and the right. dogs, you know, just, okay. oh, oh, per, the, the person's moving come on you know let's start going so as much as they serve the you know the herding feature of you know come on sheep come on cows they would also along the way you know if a puma comes out of the 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 forest you know the two or three lgds could run over to the puma and just lock limbs and just Burr! you know and the puma's like okay maybe not you know um <laughs> let the let the meat train keep going <laughs> Right, right, right. Perhaps this is not the, the battle I wagon. wish to win. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it's um, it's a large, it's a huge dog. Um, there's multiple variants, and and that's one of the things that always is in question. And it's kind of weird that it's in question, but it's also kind of entirely unsurprising. From, and this is from me, an outsider looking in's perspective on the quote-unquote breed of the dog, is that mm -hmm. because the dog is very ancient and because the concept of the livestock guardian dog and the different subbreeds within the livestock guardian dog 
are not really a thing that was focused on for many thousands of years. It was more like, uh, we got a huge dog, he's got the curly tail, and he looks like he's generally, you know, showing the same attributes as the last generation. Let's throw him in the mix and let's see what he does. That was more of the focus than it was, you know, uh, okay, do we have the straight tail and we have the curly ears? And okay, right. this is definitely a Papillon, you know, or right, okay, right. this is definitely a Pomeranian, you know. It's more like, you know, is this monster going to protect us the way that the previous generation of monsters did? Good, throw him in the field, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so there's this, do, go ahead. How did the curly tail come about? Is that I honestly, just. I wonder if it's like droopy ears as a signifier of uh, domesticity. Right. Is, so the droopy just... ears are domestic. The droopy ears are domestication. Um, but the curly tail, if I remember correctly, and, and this is from kind of, uh, I'm not reading this from any individual tab that I have open. This is what I remember from watching people talk about it on the Facebook groups is that the short curly tail kept close to the back makes it difficult for a um, a predator to bite onto it. Um, oh. and, that, and that the you know, you, if you go by Darwinian evolution, the dogs that had the long wavy tail created an easier target the dogs that had the very short curly tail that would curl itself naturally in um, would survive, right? And oh, okay. so, yeah, it's, yeah. And there's a handful of LGDs that, that do have big long tails. But then the interesting thing about those LGDs is that they wear their big long tails very low as opposed to the tail sticking oh. up like a metronome. Yeah. Um, so like the, the, the Great Pyrenees and, and then some of the larger versions of Labradors, um, if they serve the LGD purpose, the tail hangs as opposed to the tail being up stock straight and then wiggling whenever he's happy. Right. Um, but I do have All to, I know is so I'm, whenever I'm, I see a dog with a curled up tail like mine mm -hmm. on a cold day, I'm just like, oh, yeah. you're poor. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That tail is I, not I do doing have to its job. Yeah, I, I, I do have to say though, and this is a hundred percent anecdote, and it's like my favorite, my favorite thing in the whole world. When Magnus gets really happy, the curled tail uh, will it, it waves it, but but because it's a curly cue, it waves the way that those like festival twirlers wave, where it, it waves oh. in circular motions. So it it, it metronomes back and forth. But the rest of the tail has to catch up with where the muscle moved it. And it's just the cutest thing in the whole world. Because Aww. this dog's 150 pounds. And, you know, you tell him, you know, I got treat, you know, or, or I've just made chop for you. You know, and, and the big the big smile appears. And then the tail starts metronoming. And the whole curly cue has to tag along. And the curly cue's, you know, about the size of a dinner plate. So it's yeah, just yeah, so yeah. cute. Oh, it's so cute. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. We've all learned, we've all in our house learned the sobering lesson of do not put Coke cans on the edge of tables. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Magnus and, and then Brody before us taught us that. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's like certain spots on the floor. Okay. He's there. It's safe to tell right. him good boy. <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, we kind of did an abbreviated history. I'm also going to kind of do an abbreviated biology. Um, very old breed. Um, you look at the dog and you can kind of generally tell that there's not been a lot of selective eugenics to create a desired shape. Um, there are Don't five... body shame the dog. <laughs> Ugh, you I'm so sorry. Not exactly desirable. <laughs> I am so sorry. I, I, I apologize to dogs you everywhere. You yeah. better be sorry. Yeah, yeah I know. My, my, my dogs are going to hear me do this and they're just going to be like we're leaving you know <laughs> no no filter no makeup on this yeah. dog yeah yeah all dogs are beautiful um well yeah the um far. well <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> looking at you biscuit you're horrible i don't know <laughs> uh, yeah, right. um but yeah there's there's <laughs> We just no biscuit shaming on this in in, in this uh, podcast. I apologize. Um, so I'm I'm scrolling through the list of LGDs and there's there's five to six that come up uh, as as basically being the 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 livestock guardian dogs that that have been co opted and are used with regularity in the United States as American farm dogs doing the same job. And there is now, um, there's, uh, these livestock guardian dog Facebook groups and, and these communities where the whole thing is to these, these folks are not breeding. They're not breeding the dogs for puppy mills, of course. Um, but they're, they're breeding the dogs to be, um, a farm resource and they're mm. they're loved dogs and you know they're they become part of that that farmsteads extended family but they're gonna be out there you know uh there's gonna be three or four of them in in field one you know there's gonna be two or three of them in field two etc right. and and you see them at livestock farms and these folks will make these signs and, and here's the interesting thing so this is the thing that i think is really cool about lgds right the the latent the latent um uh um uh evolution imprinting i I know i'm using the wrong words here there's a there's a word that i'm trying to the the involuntary instincts the stuff that got bred into them the 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 involuntary instincts that what got bred into them as a breed this is the thing that really got bred in was the nature of uh preservation of the flock uh preservation of the tribe above all else um to the point of self-sacrifice uh in order to preserve the tribe oh Uh, you know it doesn't matter what the dog looks like as long as the dog is willing to fight and die to protect you um and that's yeah and and so sparta dogs you're not far from the truth. As a matter of fact, one of the things that I was looking at as I was scrolling through is the history of using LGDs as war dogs. Um, but, oh wow! Yeah, but but that's that's which the, is unlike the uh, the Motorola dogs, which are more right. for web design. Yeah, exactly. And you just you you put them you put fifty of them in a back room, and you know they'll they'll help you come up with uh, you know your 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 web front end for your new app. Yeah. Because LG is a company. 
Yes. Okay, I got what you're saying now. Yeah. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> I, I should have gone be with the nice other one. I love it, but <laughs> I should have gone with the other one. Yeah. LG dog, more like XL dog. <laughs> that's 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 just as good. I like yeah. that, but I mean, you know, the problem. I mean, is they're that, both bad, but yeah, I, I, I've been raised <laughs> on an unhealthy diet of bad jokes and silly puns. So the problem yeah. is, you, you're never really going to bat zero with me. So. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like the I'm I'm like uh, Chris Griffin uh, with the keys and Family Guy, where Quagmire uh, has no idea how to uh, distract him, so he does the shiny keys, and uh, Chris is like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, that's me with puns. Um, anyway, so they are the the bread in trait, the the trait that uh, every uh, that the that a farmer, a typical farmer desires in the lgd is um i i will i will protect the herd with every ounce of energy that's left in my body and like 99.9 percent .9 of the time that means walking around with the herd to the patches of grass that are still good and just hanging out and kind of panting in the in the the, the sun or hanging out in the winter etc um and then there's that, you know, 0.1, you know, 0.2% of the time where it's, here comes a predator, you know, I'm going to bray across, you know, 40 acres for Ralph and Stan to come over here. And, you know, here come Ralph and Stan, two more giant LGDs, and the three dogs just line themselves up and, you know, and that's, that's it. <laughs> that's their Stan. jobs. Yeah, I you know I'm pulling from Warner Brothers. Hello, Ralph. Hello, Stan. Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> you know that's that's their jobs. You know, I, because it's literally you know they're dogs with jobs. They are dogs bred to have yeah. jobs. Yeah. Um, and um, much like it, the Pomeranian, whose job is a duster. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Or to nip at your knees until you go for Pete's sake. Good lord, <laughs> I'm just trying to walk across the hallway. You know. Yeah. Yeah, um, you put enough uh, you put enough starch on that tail, yeah. And you can dust the shelves, dust the mantle, dust the yeah. lights. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. You uh, let them. You know, once the once the pomeranian falls asleep, you just you know you mount it to uh, one of those uh, the the broom handles by the collar, and you just gently kind of drag them around the hardwood floor. <laughs> um, yeah, that's horrible. That's really bad. Don't do that. If you have a pomeranian, please, we do not advise. Um, but yeah, if you, have so, a, if you have a palm, name it Swiffer. Yes, exactly. The quicker pepper upper. Uh, the quicker, <laughs> the quicker pupper. pupper. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the quicker pupper upper. Um, so th there's there's five uh, that are kind of generally known uh, LGDs, and and they are the they're the Akbash, the Kangal, um, the Great Pyrenees, um, the Anatolian Shepherd. Um, and then kind of sitting off to the side is the Tibetan Mastiff and the Mastiff in general. Um, they, they are huge dogs. And depending on the region or the, um, or the, uh, the weather um, in the region where you're getting the dogs... Um, you can choose different types of coats uh, or, or different uh, layers to the coats um, to, to basically 
you know, fit the dog to the, the weather and the environment that the dog's going to be in regularly. Um, for example, one of the things that's really wild about um, Magnus's coat, uh, he's an Anatolian, is that he has, and this is something that Brody had, and it's one of the reasons that Amanda and I, to this day, think that both Brody and Magnus had, uh, were, were Anatolian shepherds. Um, they have this, this double-layered coat where the underlayer is um, thin and fine and soft uh, fur that kind of almost feels like um, if you're petting um, a foxhound or if you're petting a Pomeranian or a Papillon, but then yeah. there's this second layer of uh, fur that grows over the, the the thin fluffy layer which is this oily thick uh uh coat um and that oily thick coat is impossible to get um watered down into and they you can know what stand... what's that uh i think you might have a duck <laughs> i think that's oh that's what's going I got, on. It's, I got a livestock guardian duck. Okay. Well, dog, you know, duck, very similar yeah. sounds. It's an easy mistake yeah. to make. Yeah. yeah. They both it's, have it's, that it's, orange beak sticking out. They both have webbed yeah. feet. Right. Right. Yeah. They're both aquatic water right, fowl right. that fly. Yeah, they, they both fly south for the winter occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, well, formations. That yeah, yeah, that explains his uh, seasonal disappearances with uh, forty other livestock guardian ducks that take yeah. the sky and does, fly in V formation. When he yeah. barks, yeah, does he bark with a lisp? <laughs> does he get yes. agitated around rabbits? <laughs> you know, he was in a Geico commercial a few years ago. Does. Um, uh, does he ever? Oh, no, Aflac. Sorry, does Aflac. He, ever... he was in an Aflac commercial. That's what I was going for. Sorry. Do, does he ever say that you're despicable? <laughs> <laughs> he was a stunt double for Howard the Duck. Uh, that explains a lot, actually. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Now that you mention it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Somehow um, I ended up with a very large duck. Okay. Well, well we hey, can cancel this all episode. Like to... We'd all like to know that typo. <laughs> yeah. Let's not go down that road. Um, well, we so... have to, to reach the end of it. What? God damn it, Dan. <laughs> all right. Um, where the hell was I? Um, talking about the coat, the undercoat and the overcoat. Coat, the undercoat. Yes. All right. Uh, yeah. So. Coat. In, Yes, yes. Um, like McGruff the Crime Dog. Right. That's, that's actually... That's what you yeah. have is McGruff the Crime Dog. He's about I, six yeah, feet yeah. tall. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, every once in a while, he... Yeah, uh, you know, we're, 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 you know, at the end of the day, we're kind of, you know, settling in and, you know, we want to watch some TV and he just comes up and he puts his, his nose right in my face and he goes, Raw, take a bite out of crime! <laughs> and I'm like, I, are you kidding me? It's 1130 at night, you know, and he goes, crime never sleeps, you know. <laughs> does he seem to be, does he wander off Saturday mornings and then you notice him on the cartoons? He does. During uh, PSAs? Quite a lot, actually. Yeah. 
I really don't know where the camera crew comes from, but you know, I have to applaud them for their versatility. Yeah, that's <laughs> clear case of McGruff the crime duck. Yeah, McGruffism. Yeah, McGruff the crime duck. <laughs> oh my god, God, we've we've gone six weeks on Sunday with this. Think of my not crying. All right, well, um, so yeah. Uh, Good night, everybody. What's that? Good night, everybody. Yeah, good night. Well, that's the end of my episode. Um, <laughs> this yeah. has been um, Dan's an Idiot. Yeah, yeah. Volume well, this has been just 22. Ba, 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 da, ba, 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 da. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, the thing that I, I, so the thing that I think is really neat about LGDs is that they, you know, they are still used in their role as job dogs to this day. Um, I watch these, these, these groups and I, I look at these forums just to learn more about them. And it's really wild. The stuff that I learn, um, you know, these, these folks talk about, you know, they'll, they'll jump on and they'll say, you know, I need a handful of LGDs because I, um, I ended up with, a uh, litter of 13 um, new lambs. And I was entirely surprised by this and I'm going by a certain ratio rule. And so, you know, I've, I've expanded the size of my herd by X. And so I now need a new LGD. Oh, oh then, okay. So they already had sheep. Right. I was thinking, how do you accidentally find yourself with a dozen lambs? They well, were know, already like, you know, had sheep. Okay. Yeah, they already had sheep, and, and then you <laughs> they, know, they ended up with more wander. lambs in the spring right, than they expected to. And they didn't then, wander you know, they into the, the apartment one morning. <laughs> Dude, I want that. I want lambs to wander into my apartment. That'd be Come awesome. out of your bedroom. What the hell? Yeah, as long as it's not Sean the sheep. That bastard seems like he's more worth oh, it man. than, uh, you know, more trouble than he's worth. Because uh, he's just, you know, he's, he's making life for that poor farmer a living hell um yeah. but yeah so um <laughs> you know <laughs> it's sean the sheep it's i love that show it's um, so good yeah um, and sean shorn it's a great name yes exactly um but the uh it, it's just really cool how like there's still a formula that the, the folks in the farming community use the, the livestock farming community use to figure out, you know, which dog is going to match their pack, uh, how it's going to match the, the weather where they're at, um, how many, how many dogs they need. And then they'll make up these signs and the signs are awesome. And I clearly don't need one, but it's, you know, it'll say like livestock guardian dog on duty, do not enter this field. Um, mm. And it's because, the dogs are not domesticated. An LGD that is doing its job is not going to be a domesticated dog. It's not going to behave like a dog. Its job is to protect the flock with its life. And if you enter a field with an LGD, you are potentially a predator encroaching on the flock. And so these farmers have to put out these signs where it's like, you know, please don't do this. You know, if you're come yeah. up the main walkway, you know, do not walk through the field. Um, and so the thing that's really cool though, is that with the LGDs, uh, especially with the Anatolians, cause you know, we've done this with Magnus. Um, they, you, you can domesticate them 
and they become Chewbacca. And it's it's like I mean, I'm not kidding. It's it's Aww. like owning Chewbacca. It's the sweetest thing. It's you know, I I I have this just you know, this 150 pound Leviathan small horse dog that comes up and tries to get as close to me as possible and looks up it looks up at me with this pair of just big loving brown eyes and is just like please pet please <sighs> i would i wish i wish for more pets you know and it's like i i can't say no because you're you're as big as me so okay now let's you know just pet you incessantly um so you know you can go one of two routes you domesticate them and they become huge Labrador retrievers. Um, you know, they still, there's still an element to them because they are these livestock guardian dogs where, and this is the thing that Amanda and I ran into going all the way back to Brody, where there's an element to them where there is a level of dangerousness that goes with them where we just kind of accept, okay, there's always going to be a certain amount of staging that we do in order to make sure that he's in a place where we think that we are safe with him there and vice versa, where mm. we think that he is safe being there, whether we're present or whether we're absent. You know, and there's kind of this room staging or in the backyard staging that goes on if there's going to be a new visitor to the house or a stranger or something like that, or if he hasn't seen anybody for a few years. Um, and it's just part and parcel with it um, yeah. of, of owning the dog. But it's it's but once you get past that and you kind of acknowledge that that's part of the ballet of owning this type of dog, you end up with this just incredibly faithful companion who is just imprinted on the pack and he like you know so so in the case of magnus his his pack is uh my daughter's so at the end of the night he has to walk all the way back to amelia's room and make sure that she's in bed and then walk over to samantha's room and make sure she's in bed and mm -hmm. then he and then he'll he'll sleep for a few hours in one room and then he'll go to another room and he'll sleep in that room for a few hours and it, 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 he's he's figured out the patterns but the patterns also include placing himself in locations in the house where all he has to do is raise his head and he has uninterrupted views of as many rooms as possible yeah. so there's these there's these very instinctive kind of mental calculations that are still going on in this this livestock guardian dog's head about okay all right I, i'm living the good life but i still need to make sure i got eyes on everybody you know yeah. um and so it's really cool two for babies, that, you know and, two babies okay yeah yeah exactly and and so it's it's really cool and it's been a lot of fun especially you know since we got him as a pup a few years back watching the 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 instinctual the 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 bred in stuff kind of come out in him yeah. um and and he's finally hit just like being a dog you know <laughs> being a middle-aged dog this year um and and even in kind of losing some of the puppy silliness and just kind of calming down and cuddling into his role he still has it and and so that's been really fascinating to watch um so Aww. yeah that's that's for the most part that's my episode i i was gonna close it out with i i got some cool stories that i wanted to talk that i wanted to tell 
yeah. about the Anatolian Shepherd breed in general. Um, and and these have shown up in the news over the past few years. Uh, when I, uh, they've been linked to me sometimes. Uh, sometimes uh, my wife and I'll you know share them back and forth to you. Say, oh, do you see the Anatolian came up in the news? Um, one of the ones that is somewhat famous that that came up a few years ago was that um uh cheetah conservation society in namibia is raising anatolians along with cheetahs that are uh, cheetahs are an endangered species and so the presence of the anatolians is uh twofold one they are to you know scare off poachers or anybody interested in you know taking the cheetah for its its uh uh for its coat and then mm -hmm. two it's to socialize the cheetahs because one of the issues that they're running into Ooh. in the conservation society is that the you know a cheetah in its natural environment would have an entire pack of big cats to learn behaviors from and in some of these conservation groups there's simply not enough cheetahs in the conservation wildlife refuge for right. the cheetahs to learn how to be cheetahs so they raise the cheetah cubs with anatolian pups from from birth or from babyhood and because the anatolians grow up to be ex roughly the exact same size as the cheetahs same dimensions and etc they can rough and tumble with each other and huh. they can play with each other and it's you know they learn the they they do the play battling without yeah. um you know actually you know causing any damage to each other that's awesome yeah and and it's it, the, the thing that i thought was charming that there was this anecdote in one of the articles and it, it may be the cnn one or it may be another article that i read about it but one of the one of the conservationists was talking about you know the thing that we enjoy about this the most although we acknowledge that it is a weird quirk that we are now accidentally breeding into cheetahs is that they have dog-like behaviors now because they picked them up from the Anatolian Shepherds. Oh, I so. was wondering if, if any uh, Anatolian rubbed off on them. Yeah, so they pant more and they bark and, and you know, oh. so it's, <laughs> it is, it, it's kind of charming though because, um, you know, again, this, this more anecdote, um, when we brought our beagle uh, Sparky into our family, um, Sparky got raised by uh, Brody. And because Brody did one of two things, Brody would either, uh, Brody primarily barked to let people know that they should go away from his, his, you know, the area he's protecting. And then only once in a blue moon, if, if Brody was sufficiently freaked out would he howl yeah but beagles are beagles are known as braying dogs right you know yeah, whenever yeah. you see a beagle in a tv show you know so it's <laughs> right sparky never learned to bray sparky oh. learned to bark and so sparky is you know all of he's never been more than about 18 to 20 pounds in his entire life and he's just you know he's built like every other you know beagle in the world yeah. and he can't bray so what he does is anytime that something freaks him out he he musters himself up he lines his body up from stem to stern and he barks the same way that brody taught him 
and instead of a bray coming out, you hear, and it's so cute. It's just so charming because it's it's the beagle that never learned to bray, you know. But it's 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 so you know I look at Sparky and I think of these cheetahs learning to do the same, and I'm like, you know. That's not a bad thing to learn. If that's what you're <laughs> learning from these dogs, I'm okay with that. You know. Yeah. Um, wow, that's neat. Yeah. So there's there's two other uh, anecdotes that I'll mention, and um, I only read over these in brief. But um, the Australian Maremma, which is another livestock guardian dog, it looks an awful lot like the Great Pyrenees, which is again going back to Magnus. It essentially looks like a um, an Anatolian shepherd just with a, just a ton of fur, right? Okay. It's, it, it's just got a ridiculously overblown white or light cream coat. But the, okay. the Maremmas apparently started getting used by um, Australian and New Zealand uh, conservation groups in Australia. They got used to protect bandicoots who were uh, being endangered. Uh, Crashing. I don't think it's, Exactly right. Trying to complete the the run uh, of the course in a you know certain amount of time and crashing into cardboard boxes. Um, but then the the adorable one is the maremmas get used in New Zealand to protect penguins. And oh yeah, of course, right? Oh yeah, that's good. But, yeah, but the. It was the it was the the Maremmas protecting the penguins article, which is the thing that kicked off Amanda and I talking about. Well, that this is the really neat thing about each time that these dogs show up being used uh, in their purpose, which is that the the dogs are maintaining this balance of nature where they're not destroying the predators. You know, it's not like a it's not like a a human hunter with a gun patrolling the perimeter of the, 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 the wildlife refuge and, and, you know, popping every wolf that shows up. It's instead, you know, using a admittedly a domesticated, um, uh, predator like companion animal to maintain a balance between the predator and the prey outside of the zone, uh, that the humans have staked off. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's a degree of kind of nature preserves the balance. Um, and so, yeah. Um, wise, attractive listener. If you Google Maremma and penguins, you get some grade A adorable pictures. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. they're best friends. They're best friends. All right. So. Now we're gonna end the episode. Oh, 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 there's two little penguins and a dog, and they're laying on the beach, and they're so happy. And they're happy. just cuddly buddlies. Oh, I know. He's it's saying, so Hello, these are my friends. I protect <laughs> yep. them. And that's that's my favorite thing. That's my favorite thing about oh. the LGDs is the face. Their face looks like every Hanna Barb. Not not Hanna Barbera, but, but more. Their face looks like more every big dopey dog that yeah. has ever been drawn in D- Disney and Warner Brother cartoons through the 40s and the 50s. They yeah. all have that characteristic. I'm just a big dumb dog, and it's like <laughs> I'm going so to do a good job. Right? It's so charming. It's so Aww. charming, and it's like 
it's it works <laughs> it plucks your heartstrings so much worse in person <laughs> <laughs> because if i'm eating an apple and this 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 snout that is a foot long appears in my periphery <laughs> and i and i hear yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and i hear and i hear I'm like, Aww. oh my god, I can't say no. All right, so I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and finish this, and you can cut some of the time here. But I'm gonna see if I can get Magnus in. And I'm gonna see if I can get him to talk. All right. Oh, okay. So we'll see if we can finish the episode with that. All right. All right. Hold on, I'll be right back. Sure. such a good boy. All right. I want you to stay. Stay, please. Stay. All right. You good giant monster. I love you so much. You good giant monster. Could you sit, please? I, I This is the uh, audio theater part of this, but... Yeah, yeah. All right. Maggie Boo. Maggie. Maggie, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Oh, I love... Yes. Yeah, no, shake is good. Shake is good. But do you love me? Do you love me? Maggie Boo, do you love me? 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 I love you too! He said it, yay! Magnus. Oh, Magnus, do you love me? Do you love me? I love you too. You're the best. You're so good. You're so good. Oh, you good boy. Thank you. That was wow. very good of you. That was very good of you. All right. <laughs> good guy. Yes. Yes. All right. That's my episode. <laughs> oh. And now I'm now I'm stuck here, and I will be petting this butt for the rest of my night. <laughs> <laughs> this, this butt that's the size of an office chair. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, that is awesome. Oh, Thank what a you. what a delight! What a nice way to end it. Thank you. I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, that was a lot and, of fun. <laughs> and the only other thing we need to end it is our our famous closing outro music, which we all know goes like this. Do you love me? That's that was a it. good one. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's it. Maggie, come here. Come here. <laughs> you go, boy. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs>